by the makers of Oval Tea. But first, a word of timely interest. A great many people these days are looking for a good, hot, mealtime drink. Something pleasing to the taste and yet definitely refreshing. Well, if you're looking for such a beverage, here's something you'll want to know. Ovaltine is an ideal hot mealtime drink with this special advantage. Ovaltine is one hot mealtime drink whose refreshing effect is entirely natural. It gives you a perfectly normal, healthful refreshment from the quick-acting food energy and food value it contains. Now, here's why. You see, Ovaltine gives you food energy in a form that gets into the bloodstream in a matter of minutes, thus helping to combat fatigue with amazing speed. Now, this is the reason so many people enjoy a cup of Ovaltine at meals or between meals just for the quick, refreshing stimulation they get from it whenever they feel exhausted or tired. Then... Here's something else about Ovaltine. It's more than just a delicious, refreshing mealtime drink. It is also one of the world's richest sources of vitamins and minerals. In fact, it is so rich in these vital food elements that just two glasses of Ovaltine daily and three average good meals, including fruit juice, will give any normal person all the extra vitamins and minerals he needs. And so, you see, Ovaltine offers you a double-barreled benefit. Extra supplies of important vitamins and minerals that are essential to health, plus a delicious hot drink that refreshes you in a natural way. Now remember the double benefit, and if you're looking for a delicious hot drink, why not try Ovaltine, spelled O-V-A-L-T-I-N-E, Ovaltine. And say, have pencil and paper ready at the close of tonight's adventure for a secret squadron signal session. And now, on with the chapter, Trap. By the Nazis, with Captain Midnight and the Secret Squadron. In the last adventure, you remember the Gestapo officer, Baron von Karp, conferred with a German army commander, General von Lotz, who agreed to surround and capture Captain Midnight and those with him in the Valley of the Stars. Also, Joyce and Chuck Ramsey deciphered the strange radio message which arrived from Agent 3F9 in Germany and found that it warned Captain Midnight against the new guerrilla leader, Count Nikolai Radic. Chuck and Joyce were on their way to tell Captain Midnight when they encountered Ichabod Mudd in a huge underground hangar. And the squadron's chief mechanic gave them the bad news that there was not a drop of gas to be had in the valley. Our present scene opens a few minutes later in the operations office of the secret airfield. Chuck, Joyce, and Mudd are standing in front of Captain Midnight. Listen as the secret squadron commander exclaimed sharply. What's that, Icky? There ain't a drop of gas to be had, Captain. I'm so sorry, but facts is facts. Well, it... You're absolutely sure? Sure, I'm sure, Captain. Every tank is dry. But loop and loops, how are we going to get out of here? You ain't going to leave. At least not in them airplanes we come in. Where's Captain Demovich? Oh, I saw him outside the hangar talking to some of his men. Shall I go out and get him, sir? Uh, no, Joyce. I'll wait till he comes in. Whew. Say, Icky, this is bad news. Yeah, I'll say. I took it for granted that these flying fields had enough fuel. When you come to think of it, Captain Midnight, I don't see how in the world they get gasoline in here. There aren't any roads, only mountain trails. And the only other way would be to fly it in. Yeah, and you can take it from me. They don't do that. Well, why not, Icky? Well, these runways is too short to land big loads on. Anyway, how are they going to land with a bunch of Nazi fighters buzzing around up there like a bunch of hornets? Well, they must get gas and oil some way or other. How do you think they do it, Captain Midnight? It must be brought in over the mountains. Perhaps by pack train. But as soon as Demovich comes in, I'll find out. Well, we all of us don't have bad news, Captain Midnight. <sighs> well, 
I'm glad of that, Joyce. What's the good news? We've deciphered the radio message from Agent 3F9. You mean you think we have? Well, well, why in the world don't you tell a guy these things? We didn't have time, Mickey. We met you, and you told us about the gas, and then we came right in to see Captain Midnight. Well, I'm still in the dark. What was the message from Agent 3F9? You remember the word we couldn't understand, don't you? Oh, certainly I do. It was spelled C-I-D-A-R. Spell that word backwards, Captain Midnight. Well, let's see. R-A-D-I-C. Great Scott! Radic. We must have been dumb not to have seen it at once. Hey, we've heard about this guy Radic somewhere before. Who is he and what does he do? His name is Count Nikolai Radic, and he's the leader who has been chosen to command the new guerrilla army. And he's the one, by the way, who will have control of the 150 fighting planes we're to bring over from England. For loop and loose. Captain Midnight, we can't fly those planes over here. It wouldn't be safe. Well, if you ask me, we're getting into one mess of trouble. We don't know what's what or who's who. We know just one thing. Agent 3F9 in Germany has seen fit to warn us against Count Raddick. That means only one thing to me. Raddick must be a traitor. And 3F9 has never been wrong about anything yet. Where is this Raddick guy now? Captain Domovich and I were talking about him this afternoon. It seems that he's just escaped from a German prison camp and is somewhere in Yugoslavia. Well, gee, Captain Midnight, we'd better tell Captain Domovich about this message right away. No, Joyce, that's one thing we're not going to do. Well, gosh, sir, why not? Domovich thinks that Count Raddick is a great patriot. He believes him to be the best possible leader for the new army, which is to fight against the Nazis. Yeah, I was telling you a couple of minutes ago, we're really on a hot spot. Well, what can we do, Captain Midnight? We must keep this information to ourselves and watch what happens. Now, there's a bare possibility that Agent 3F9 could be wrong. But at least he's given us a warning, and we must profit by it. Yes, sir, I guess you're right, but well, what are we going to do? We can't move out of this valley without gas, and we've got a big job ahead of us. We've got to find a safe flying field, then get back to England and see that those planes get over here. Our immediate problem is to get fuel. Let's see, it's already after 12 o'clock. Daybreak will be in about six hours. Chuck, you run out and find Captain Domovich. Tell him I'd like to see him for a few minutes. Then you three get some sleep. I am very, very sorry, Captain Midnight. It is true that we are without fuel. Well, what have you been doing in the past? You've operated planes from this field. Where did the gas come from? It's brought over the mountain, Captain Midnight. It is carried in one of uh, one and five-gallon cans. Oh, yes. I remember seeing a lot of empty cans in the back of the hangar. Are those what you use? Yes, Captain Midnight. The gasoline is carried by my people over a steep mountain trail. Why, I just can't get used to the idea. Just think of it. Carrying gasoline in by hand. It is the only way we have found. Sometimes we use donkeys but most of it is carried on the shoulders of my people. Has it always been carried in that way? Yes, Captain Midnight. Ever since I have been here, that is the way it has been done. Well, why has the system been discontinued? It's not been discontinued, Captain Midnight. Several hundred people make the trip at once. A group was due in yesterday. Oh, I see. A sort of human fuel convoy. Tell me this. Don't the Nazis interfere? They must have found out how you get your fuel in. They undoubtedly know, sir. But they, they do not control the country to the southeast. On that side, we are free to come and go as we please. Say, that's lucky. Well, this isn't as serious as I thought it was. But you understand, we must be prepared to take off at any moment. Do you have any way of knowing when this fuel convoy will arrive? Only by waiting where the trail comes over the mountain. We must see to it that they get through. If you like this guide, Chuck and I will accompany you to the place where the trail comes over the mountain. Now, we leave the secret squadron agents and their friends for the moment and cross the mountain range to the town which is the headquarters of the Nazi division under General von Lotz. On every side are evidences that an army is about to take the field. 
Couriers roar into the darkness on motorcycles. Officers hurry in and out of the dock in headquarters building. One man is standing in the darkness just outside the main entrance. He is the Nazi agent named Hans Seifert, also known as the American Peter Quincy Daniels. Suddenly, an officer steps from the entrance and joins him. He's the Gestapo official Baron von Karp. Listen. Did, did you see General Lutz again? Yes, I did. The army is already on the march. Well, from what General Lutz told you before, I thought he might not give you the order to attack. He came around all right. All these army officers are afraid of the Gestapo. We can make or break them any time we desire. Yeah. The Gestapo is all-powerful in the new order. It would be suicide to oppose it. But tell me, what are the plans? You see what is going on. The men will be in position by daylight. But what about the other side of the valley? General Lutz has promised our men will be on all sides of it by daybreak. Uh, that is excellent, Baron, excellent. There must be no slip-up. Captain Midnight and his agents must never be allowed to leave the valley. I will return to England and report to my superiors that Captain Midnight has disappeared. <laughs> the American intelligence officer, Major Steele, will be very angry. But he will find someone to take Captain Midnight's place. And then everything will be easy. And now, my friend, we must be ready. A staff car will pick us up in a few minutes. Uh, where do we go first? We will go to the flying field and see the flying officer in charge, Colonel Schultz. Three squadrons are to take off before daybreak. One squadron will patrol over the valley at all times. Sir good, Sir good. Captain Midnight and his pilots will never be able to take off. And at daybreak, our ground troops will have surrounded the valley. After that, they will march in. Yes, uh, we must be there at the finish. We must see that Captain Midnight and his agents are executed. Oh, do not worry about that. We will watch the secret squadron commander and his men die. Then we will fly to meet Count Raddick. Here comes a car now. It is for us. Quickly, get in. Several hours pass, and as the first glint of dawn changes the eastern sky, we find Captain Midnight, Chuck, and young Captain Domovich toiling painfully to reach a high ledge which overlooks the Valley of the Stars and the mountainous country to the southeast. Listen as Chuck exclaims... Boy, oh boy, this is a sure rough country. Did I not tell you, Chuck, this is plenty tough. Just like your Rocky Mountains in America. Yeah. Well, looks like we're getting somewhere. Yes, Captain Midnight, this is the place I mean. From here we can see the trail which comes over the divide. Yeah. We can already see a long distance to the east. Boy, look at those mountains, Captain Midnight. Isn't that a wonderful sight? Yes, Chuck. This country is famous all over the world for its marvelous scenery. I've flown over it many times, and it's always interesting. You talk about flying. That is what I like to do. But our planes are all shot up. They have been patched until they are not safe to fly. Well, you won't have to worry about planes much longer. We'll have those 150 planes over from England, and then you'll be sitting pretty. There's something I wish to ask you, Captain Midnight. How do you bring the planes over here? Well, they'll have to be flown, of course. Then why do not I and my pilots go to England and help you fly them back? Hey, that's not a bad idea, sir. We can't fly those planes over ourselves, and we've got to get pilots from somewhere. Yes, Chuck, we certainly have. Uh, have you had much experience on cross-country flights, Captain Amovich? Oh, Captain Midnight, I have never flown far from this valley, but I can follow another plane. How about forced landings? Suppose your engine should quit. I'm used to that. Our engines are so bad, they quit all the time. One time I landed near the top of this mountain. What are you looking at? Far, far below us. Do you see? Oh, sure I can a lot of people climbing the trail in single file. I can see flashes of light, too. That is the reflection from the tin cans of gasoline they are carrying. By noon today, we will have plenty of fuel. Boy, oh boy, that's your swell, isn't it, Captain Midnight? What? What's the matter, sir? Keep your voices low, both of you. Huh? There's a line of men coming along the trail from our left. Quick, Captain Domovich, look. I see. They are troops, Nazi soldiers. And they are carrying machine guns. 
midnight and Chuck stare at the approaching Nazi soldiers in dismay. A few steps more and the enemy troops will intersect the trail up which are being carried the precious cans of gasoline. What will happen in the next few seconds? Be sure to be with us as we continue the exciting chapter, Trapped by the Nazis. And now, clear the airways. Stand by. The secret squadron signal session is on the air. And the first thing, we have a thrilling secret code message from Captain Midnight. It's an exciting clue about tomorrow night's adventure in Master Code Number 4. So write that down, Code Number 4. And here's the message. All right, the first word. 21. 13, 9, 16, 12. Get that? All right, here's the second word. 26, 6, 6. And now the third word. 16, 9, 14, 4. One more word now, the fourth and last. Here it is. 9, 13, 13, 9, 18, 15. That's all. Now remember, set your codograph for master code number 4 and figure out the secret message about tomorrow's adventure. And listen regularly for more of these exciting Secret Squadron signal sessions. And tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, to Captain Midnight. Until tomorrow, then, this is Pierre-André, your Ovaltine announcer, saying goodbye and happy landing. This program came to you from Chicago. This is the Blue Network.